This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. My name's Chris Billett and you're listening to the Blue Army podcast. So- there we go. Um, so like, I've got a little bit of a gimmick that I do to open up every episode uh, and then I'll introduce you and then and then we'll just uh, get over the awkwardness and try and have a conversation about your footballing career, mate. All right? Yeah, yeah, no worries. Beautiful. All right, cheers. <clears throat> right, just loosen up. Here we go. Oh, Reet how's it gone? And welcome back to what I am calling this week the Blue Army Podcast Christmas Special. That's right, we've got something very special for you this week on the podcast. On today's podcast, I am joined by a man who is dripped in promotion medals, a former midfield maestro who gained full cult hero status by winning back-to-back promotion with the Cumbrians, clocking up over 142 appearances, scoring three goals, including a goal where I'm pretty sure he broke the LAN speed record, getting into the box on the end of a cross in a playoff semi-final against Aldershot. That's right. It is my pleasure to welcome to the Blue Army podcast, Christopher Anthony Billy. How's it going? Can I call you Chris? Is that okay? Chris is fine. Um, yeah, I'm going, it's going well, thank you. <laughs> I've never had a, you know, an intro like that, so I'll take that all day long. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll print it out for you, send it across in an email. You can have like, frame it on the wall. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do like, I do like, I, I do like opening with a bit of enthusiasm. It's an absolute pleasure to talk to you, mate. And uh, when I get an ex-pro on the show, I always like to open up with the same ice-breaking question, okay? And that is just a little bit of fun at the start of the show. So here we go, mate. Here is the Blue Army podcast, Icebreaker. Um, As somebody who played football professionally, you'll know from experience that that job requires certain core athletic attributes, you know, such as strength and stamina, and uh, agility, things like that, that contribute towards being a professional footballer. So with that being said, in a world where football never existed, what other sport would you have imagined yourself getting into? Um, God, no. <laughs> with age, I say golf, but if you say to me when I were a kid it'd probably been something like athletics or something like that yes probably athletics it would have been track and field what was your event yeah it would have been 1800 1500 something like that I would have done a bit of mid-range school, running so, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, did you ever do a bit that. of relay no not relay um, I was never that quick quick enough for the short stuff but yeah the middle distance stuff yeah Sebastian Cohen and all that yeah my uh, hero well one of my heroes growing up very nice, very nice. Well, we get a lot of golf, I'll be honest. We get a lot of ping pong yeah. as well. A lot of people say uh, say, say ping pong and golf. Um, but then again, if you weren't going to get into sports, mate, and you could have picked any career in the world, rock star, astronaut, bin man, whatever you would want to do, could you could you imagine yourself just getting into anything else from a young age? Um, that for me, it's all I thought about, really. 
was being a footballer. Um, um, but again, <laughs> with hindsight and age, anything that paid well, do you know what I mean? I'd give it a go. So, yeah. <laughs> nice, yeah. yeah. I've learned that. I've learned that with a bit of age myself. Yeah, absolutely. I'll go where the money yeah. goes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, mate, um, what we'll do today um, is that we'll we'll plough through some of your career, dive into the depths and the ins and outs of some of those moves from clubs to clubs, and we'll eventually finish on. Carlisle and uh, maybe yeah. in the future in the summer we'll do we'll do a part two where we'll go beyond Carlisle as well but we'll go up to Carlisle it's normally take us about an hour so yeah mate in 1991 you signed your oh, first geez. ever professional contract with Huddersfield Town um, but before we get into the nitty-gritty of all that professional football tell us how you got noticed was it was it Sunday League was was it through a school how did you get noticed First, it was first in my school teacher at first school. Um, we had a, a football team and he noticed that I was, well, he did. He picked up on that. I was pretty decent. So he pushed me for playing, you know, playing for the town, Huddersfield under 11s and stuff like that. Took me to all the trials, um, which I did well in. It was it was my first school teacher, really. First PE teacher that pushed me towards that. Um, but then, I, you know, I didn't, I had a, Brother was a year younger than me. We didn't really, we didn't know, we didn't know, <laughs> we didn't know where there was a team, and we were just sat on the rec one day at my grandma's, and we were um, watching these lads train, and it happened to be Neverton, and they said, "Oh, do you want to join in?" So we joined in, and went, you know, oh, you two are tasty. Do you want to sign? And it just went from there, Neverton under elevens, um, and it was Jerry Murphy was the manager or one of the coaches at the time, and he ended up playing a big part of the field town and being the manager. Uh, of, a lot of years down the line for a short while, caretaker manager. So yeah, that's how it all started. Nice. So who was the manager when you signed your first professional contract with Huddersfield Town? That was Owen Hand. Owen Hand was the manager. And how did that um, come around, mate? How, how how was the conversation building up to that? Was were you feeling like you were gonna get offered a first professional contract, or how, how was how was that? Yeah, you know, I'd have been without signing big-headed, when we were kids coming, doing his apprenticeship and stuff, there was a couple of us that, you know, not stood out, but knew. We played at reserves a lot. And, you know, we had a... If we hadn't been offered, we'd been surprised. And there was me and another lad that got offered. So it, it wasn't really a surprise. But, yeah, it, I was over the moon. It was all I ever wanted to do. So to get offered a pro contract, it was, you know, it was Christmas as all of them rolled into one. <laughs> now I've had uh, a fair few ex-blues on the podcast by this point and I do normally put this cheeky little question in there whose boots were you cleaning in, in the apprentice years oh man you probably won't even know Andy May was I only remember him because he was a bugger because um, you clean them boots like they were your own <laughs> and then Christmas come round and you know it's a Merry Christmas and that was it so Andy May we signed him from Hoodie, from Man City actually as it goes um, and Graham Mitchell, who's not that much older than me, um, so we played to get ended up playing together as well at Huddersfield. So they were my two pros yeah. at the time. He went on, I think he coached a little bit at Bradford and Huddersfield for a little bit, but yeah, those two. Nice. Who was your best Christmas tipper? Best Christmas tipper. Well, it wasn't one of them two, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, can't really remember. You know, I hope I'm not doing anybody a disservice here, but I can't really remember. No, um, no I can't. It, I wasn't one of the lucky ones that got, you know, really good tip at Christmas. It was like, you know, you've done your job, cheers, do one. Um, so, yeah, I, I can't remember. What sort of divisions were, were Huddersfield in when you were coming through those academy years? Were these still sort of in that, what, what we would now call League Two sort of sort of place? Yeah, they were. They were, they were League Two, so... Yeah, Division Two. So yeah, that would be yeah, League Two. Yeah, that's what they were in, um, and we were just mid-table at the time, um, and we got a little bit better. But yeah, we we're just mid-table, League Two side on our side. But do you do you remember making your debut? Was that coming off the bench? Did you get a start? Was the, how was the conversation? Was it a surprise to be in the squad? How did that how did that come about, man? How did you burst onto the scene with Huddersfield Town? I don't actually remember. I don't. I can't remember. 
I, I remember my full debut, but I can't remember if I came on a sub ever before that. I'm not sure I did. Um, but my full debut, I remember that, God. Um, it was West Brom at home um, and I scored. So, yeah, I remember that. You do have a habit of scoring special goals, not 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 plentiful goals, but special goals, and obviously we'll go through some of those goals as as we as we keep talking here. Um, yeah. So after after a few seasons with um, Huddersfield Town, Neil Warnock came in as manager, and it was definitely somebody who you formed a relationship with. It's somebody that you worked with a lot, and we'll go on to talk about that but was was it instantaneous the sort of uh, the bond between you and Neil the sort of working relationship that was or was it something that maybe got off to a rocky start no I don't know but it never got it was never rocky um, we got on really well I was a young lad when he came in and I think you know again experience I think Neil when he came in it's obvious we weren't doing well so some of the older players had to go and I think because I was one of the young crop I think he saw it as, you know, I can, I can get this lad to do what I'm asking. Whereas the, you know, the more experienced senior pros say, I'm not doing that. You know, I played, in, I played left back for him. I played right back. I'd have played it next if he'd have asked me to. Um, so I think that the fact that I was prepared to do different stuff, he was happy with where, you know, your more senior pros would go, well, I'm not, I'm not playing there. I'm not doing that. Um, so I think he appreciated that and the fact that I played anywhere. He took a shine to see how we got him. After uh, a bit of time with Neil Warnock, there was a promotion yeah. campaign that saw you go through the playoffs on your way to Wembley. Now, mm-hmm. how was it playing at the old Wembley with the Arches? That would have been quite, you know, uh, an experience that, that only a couple of players can say, actually. Uh, you know, as a, as a kid growing up, it's different now, but as a kid growing up, when I was a lad, it was... FA Cup day, anything at Wembley was like, oh, they're playing at the Holy Grail. Do you know what I mean? It's the yeah. mecca of football, it's Wembley. Yeah. So to get the chance to play there, it was, yeah, it was really good. And to be fair, we played there the year before in the Johnson's Pain or whatever it was called back then. Um, so doing it twice in two years was like, wow, I can't believe this. Um, but yeah, it was, it was brilliant. Now, didn't you score the winner there as well? I did in the, the <laughs> playoff in the playoff final. I did. Um, what are your memories of that goal, mate? Again, I can remember the goal. I've seen it quite a few times. To be fair, um, Ian Dunn had come on as sub, put a crossover to back stick, and I think it boothied, headed it back across goal. I can't because I can't remember. Ronnie Jepson missed it, and I just remember thinking, "Just take a chance. This is coming your way. Just take a chance." And it did. I think it came off the top of my head or something, but I'll three yard out, I couldn't miss it. But it, it went in, so yeah, I love it. <laughs> Absolute magic moment at Wembley. The team go up to what then I believe would have been that would have been the championship. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah. But you and Neil Warnock decided to to jump ship and you disappeared down to Plymouth, who were would have been then in league two. And that's a long way to travel as well when you when you're moving. That's your first big move away from Huddersfield, you know, where you started your footballing career. Yeah. Now, first of all, what was it like being still a young lad and, and moving all the way down to Plymouth, just, just on the face of it now? Um, I didn't... I I would I have stayed at Huddersfield? Possibly, but when the manager at Huddersfield, uh, God, what's his name? Horton, Brian Horton came in. And, you know, I just got, you know, I'd been at season regular and then he says you know I'm not going to be a regular I'm not in his starting 11 you can stay if you want and I'm like yeah I'd love to stay but I want to play um, so that's how I left it and then believe it or not I was taking my car to the garage and there was Neil at the same garage and he goes <laughs> you know I'm going to come and yeah honestly he goes you know I'm going to come and get you I went and was, yeah yeah alright Gaffer yeah whatever whatever a couple of weeks later he had done and was on my way down to Plymouth. Well, so it, it didn't yeah. it didn't bother you the distance, or were you were you aware of how isolated it would have been down there? <laughs> I chuckled because <laughs> I wasn't. I didn't realise how far it was. I did not realise how far it was. Um, but we got there. He sold the club to me. Um, went watched him train one day. You know, he told me I was going to play. Said all the right things, and I thought, 
you know, why not? I want to play, so why not? I mean, the, the, the proof of it is in the pudding. In the end, your first season with Plymouth saw you again add another promotion to your now growing list of promotions and also your first ever back-to-back promotion when you think about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, That's true. So... I mean, how 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 was that like? What was what was the dressing room like at Plymouth? Did they bring in a lot of players when you came in? Did Neil Warnock change a lot around? Was there other people coming in from Huddersfield um, yeah. as well? Yeah, well, I went down with a an older pro called Gary Clayton. So he came down. He signed at the same time as me. And to be fair, he drove the first time I ever went down there. So I think that's why I thought I'll oh, go on there because if I'd have drove, could have been different. <laughs> Um, but yeah so me and Gary went down there and it it was more or less a brand new side Um, did signed a load of players and the remit was to go straight back up but um, I think it was after something like five games we'd not won a game and it was like here we go we're getting pelters thought here we go and then I think it was I think it might have been Berry Berry away I think we beat them five and we never looked back. Ended up ended up going up through the playoffs and again, like you say, winning the final. But yeah, it didn't start very well at all. But you know, to the point where like, what have, what have I done here? What have I done? But no, it ended well. Well, it sounded like an absolute great campaign um, from from mm. the from the reports. And there's a little bit of footage of Neil Warnock's team talks during that time that seemed to be quite motivational. And he's obviously got the reputation of being yeah, quite yeah. the motivator. <laughs> But um, in 1997, Neil Warnock moved on um, as as manager of Plymouth and and had a blip with various other clubs before you then linked up again with him later on in your career. Um, but you mm-hmm. you stayed with Plymouth for over 118 games in total. So I mean, you were there for a very long time. Yeah. Um, what was it that that embedded you into the club even after after Warnock? What what worked for you this time that didn't work for you when the last manager came in at Huddersfield Town? Well, what it was, Neil left, but all the staff stayed. So Mick Jones, who was assistant, who was Neil's assistant, took over as manager. Um, so a new, a new Mick, a new Kevin Blackwell, uh, one of the coaches, and I, I had a year left. And you know, at the time, nobody else um, was coming in for me. I had a year left, so I was prepared to stay. So and, and I did. So a year later, your time at Plymouth uh, also came to an end and you had a little blip uh, at Notts County. Yeah. What, what's, what sort of went on there before you reunited with Neil Warnock? It was only a short stay at Notts County. How do you get out of these contracts? Some of you footballers seem to wiggle your way out of some of these contracts. No, honestly, um, so when I signed for Notts County, Neil, Neil had spoken to me, said, sit tight, I'll be getting a job. <laughs> He was already went, on well, Yeah, and I went, well, I can't sit tight. You know what I mean? I've got bills to pay, so I can't sit tight. So that's how it came for me, Sam Allardyce. Um, and I signed for them. Um, and I think I played a couple of pre-season games. I might have even played a few league games, to be fair. But I'd got injured. I can't remember if it was before the league started, the league game started or after, but I got injured. And then I was just at home one night and Neil rang me and said, he'd got the Berry job by, by this time. And he said, um, pop over and see me tomorrow morning. I went, what do you mean? Pop over and see me tomorrow. You know, I've got, I'm on uh, Notts County. He says, no, it's all sorted. Sam knows. Come and see me tomorrow. He says, you sure? He says, yeah. And I don't, him and Sam had obviously made some deal, some arrangement. Um, and it's time for Berry. All oh, right, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't really know. <laughs> no, I honestly don't. I never, I never spoke to Sam Aldice again. So the day I left training, whatever day it was, I never heard from him again to say that he'd spoken to Neil. And there was nothing, nothing. about the goodbye that made you think of anything no, that he was going to... No, and that was the end of it? No, that, wow. nothing. Call out of the blue from Neil and I'd gone, that was it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, there you are. You reunited once again with Neil yeah. Warnock, this time at Berry, and this time you're in for a very long stay, 178 appearances for the uh, the Greater Manchester team, Bury. There you are, back yeah. again, a lot closer to home as well. Um, obviously, that's a that lot good. nicer. <laughs> yeah, you like being up north, proper north. Yeah, that was good. Uh, <laughs> 
But um, I mean, is is by that point you, you you'd move with Neil Warnock a few times, and you'd obviously develop some kind of like working relationship. I mean, I mean, what what is it about his his personality that really you think makes him a good manager? He's he is my mate because you either love him or hate him. But I think he'll tell you the truth. Um, never. You know what? There might have been stuff you never told me, but he never pulled any punches with me, telling me where I stood with him. If I wasn't playing, I could go and see him and he'd tell me why, which, in all honesty, didn't happen, well, it barely happened, but I'd know why. And he was just, he was open with me, and that's what I like. You know, as long as I know where I stand with someone, I'm happy as Larry, but it's when, you know, stuff's happening in the background and then you find out second hand or you're told one thing and then something else happens, then. You know, it's a different situation. But with Neil and me, anyway, what he said is what happened. So I can't knock him. So he was only with Bury, I think, for one season this time. And uh, then he moved on to Sheffield United. And I think that yeah. was the last time you guys worked together for the rest of your playing career, right? Yeah. Like he hits, yeah, he hits yeah. the big time and he ditches you. What, what, what's yeah. the deal there? Have you well, ever called him and said anything? <laughs> No, we, well, we spoke, but he just said, look, seems I can't take a year. They'll lynch me if I take a year as well. I was like, oh, <laughs> but all the lads in change room at Barry at the time were going, oh, that's you on your way, Seeds. That's you on your way. And there's me secretly going, yes, here we go. And it never happened again. <laughs> So, yeah. you, you, did, you did stick it out for a long time at Bury, so you must have enjoyed yourself there. Obviously, it's a travesty what happened to the club in, in recent yeah. years. But what, what, what are your best memories of your time playing for Bury? Well, best memories oh. is it's just after... So we had the year in the Championship, which was... It was chaos, really. It was, every game was a cup final every week, you know. But once we found... Because we were... We were, we were Playing above his level, but once you know, League Two, uh, League One was as low. League One, and the manager at the time, I think, took over. Uh, Priestley took over at one point, and because we had no money, I think Priestley's remit was to bring kids through. Um, so we 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 had a we had a good mix, and the kids were keen and just worked the socks off, and a good dressing room, and everywhere I've been, you know. You don't have it. So you know you can have your, your good players. You can have your, you know your star players. But everywhere I've been and we've done well, you've got to have a good dressing room. You've got to have good lads in there. And we just had good lads, and we worked hard for each other. And we got you know on a shoestring. We got to playoffs. Ironically, against Bournemouth, um, we lost. They got to the final, got promoted. Now look at them. Um, we lost, and now look where Barry is. Sad story. It is a sad story. And towards the end of your time at Bury, was there any, was there any indication uh, that you could see from the board maybe yeah. that things might not be going? Or was that just a bit too a bit too long in the two for you? Go on. No, no. <laughs> Even when, when I first went, you know, not long after Neil left, you know, there were money problems. Then it get resolved. And then it happened a year later. And, you know, it was inevitable because there's... the. You know, Manchester, Greater Manchester, these bigger and better clubs to go support. You know, your Rochdales and your Berries are going to struggle all day, every day. And very, you know, even when we're doing well, the crowds weren't that great. So we're always going to struggle. Yeah, and it, it happened. It is, it's just in a really, I live I live in the area currently. I'm going to be moving back to Cumbria in the very near future. But when you've got teams like Salford that have had a lot of investment and obviously Manchester mm. City, everyone forgets about Manchester City having so much more catchment yeah. in the last 10 years, you know, literally triple, double, quadruple the amount yeah. of supporters over the last 10 years. So that is going to take away from these smaller teams as well. And it has had a big yeah. impact. And it is a big shame what's happened to Bury. Um, but the Phoenix team is rising. So anybody out there that wants to uh, check out what Bury are up to, just I'm sure you can Google search them these days and they're definitely worth following. Yeah. Um, I think they're in the Northern Premier. But anyway, anyway, uh, we'll get back right. onto you. We'll get back onto yeah. you, Chris. Sorry. Um, so this yeah. is around the time where you signed for Carlisle United. We're in about 2003 now, mate. Yeah. And um, yeah, here we are at Carlisle United. This is what most of the listeners are, 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 in, are in the meat and crux of it. For and I mean, 
who made the initial contact? Were we the only team that were interested after you released? Were you, were you the only... Well, what made you go for Carlisle United? To be fair, you probably were the only serious ones because at the time, we'd had a few good games. Barry Carlisle at that time, just before I'd left. Um, me and Richie always used to have a good ding-dong at Middle Park. And um, I think Roddy, Roddy was in touch and then I had an agent that said Roddy was interested, would have got for talks. I was like, yeah, of course I will. So went to see Roddy and ended up signing on that line. He must be one of the very few players that have played for the most southernly team in English <laughs> football and the most northernly team in English football. Well, so, I mean, like, that's definitely some kind of achievement in mileage on your career. <laughs> yeah. See, I'll go anywhere to play, mate. I'm <laughs> was... a game of football. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've got to love football. You've already said that, haven't yeah. you? Um, Rodney Collins. He's got a bit of a reputation around Carlisle. It's not the greatest, but obviously he had a good enough um, conversation with you to, to, to really get you to sign. Um, I mean, yeah. what, were, what were your initials impressions of him? And then did they change around the time he was getting sacked? Did you, did you kind of suss him out or was it, was it, was it consistent throughout? No, I, I, I like the bloke. You know, again, he was, he was what it said up to him, you know. He backed his players... I just think at times when we when we got there and we couldn't buy a win, I think it, we just needed to keep things simple. And for me, again, looking back on that, I, I don't think we did. Um, you know, he tried to do the right things by the players. You know, coming in for breakfast, eating right. He tried to do all the right things, um, but when it came to the pitch game days, we just we couldn't. We just couldn't buy a win. Yeah. You know. Got to a point where even if we were winning, I, I remember I was like, do well to add on to this. We just didn't have that know-how as a team to see games out. Um, and then Simo came in and, to me, simplified everything and went on a right run. I mean, when, when you first came into the club, did, did you know many of the players when you were coming in? Was, was, was there any sort of uh, um, friendships that were already withstanding? Or did anyone make you feel... More welcome than anyone else may have. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know anyone, um, but Richie and Murph, Peter Murphy, they, you know, they were. Everybody was friendly, but them too. Um, I would probably say I was closest to when I got up there, but yeah, I didn't know anyone. Um, so it was a matter of letting your football do talking because we can all give it that. <laughs> but it's what you do on pitch, in it. So yeah. Well, like you've just uh, hinted towards already, Simo came in after Roddy Collins. And obviously having a player manager is is a bit different to just having a manager. When you've got someone on the pitch and who might just let a pass go stray or, or or let a cross go too high, it is maybe a little bit harder to, to hold your tongue or easier to hold your tongue, depending on where you're seeing it from. What was your... Because it's rarer and rarer these days. You don't see it really these days, player managers. What was your experiences? How did you sort of cope with being on the pitch at the same time as your manager? Well, he's just... On the field, he's just another player, so you get on with it. Um, but... The, that I think it was a season. It was a season before when he was at Rochdale before he left, and I was at Bury. I played against him, and I remember, <laughs> I remember saying to him, "Jeez, are you still playing? You you should be playing now. You should you should have only boots up years ago. You know, give him a bit of stick on his head." <laughs> then next next thing, his manager, the team I'm playing for, I'm like, "Oh shit, how's this gonna go?" Um, but no, he he, he, he was fine with Simo, um, and like I say, when he's on the pitch, he was just another player, um, and he was he was good for us. To be fair. Very good. I mean, Simo brought lots of new faces in and obviously got rid of lots of people because he did come in in that sort of January time. So he was able yeah. to sort of like chop and change a lot of the squads. And you said just earlier that he, he just simplified things. Was it really just as simple as tweaking uh, a bit of the tactics or was, was there some yeah. of that sort of like psychological coaching that Simo maybe had that Collins never did? Well, he simplified things, but then we did have to get over that psychological barrier of, you know, seeing a game out. Um, and I don't know if any of the other lads have mentioned this. I hope I'm not speaking out of school, but, you know, he brought someone in just to, to get us thinking positive. Do you know what I mean? And just to start thinking more positive about what we were doing, the games. And, it, you know, it all worked. 
you know, you, you, when, I, when I was, what was I, 32, 33 at the time, you're going a bit sceptical and you're like, come on. But, you know, you open your mind to it and it, it worked for us because we turned things around. So, yeah. Okay. I mean, things did start getting better, but unfortunately, it just wasn't enough to keep Carlisle mm. up that season. Obviously, there was the bounce back season and the bounce back to the bounce back season, which we're about to jump yeah. into. Um, but during that summer, was there a conversation between you and Simo when he said, you're in my plans for next season? Or what, what was Because everyone was going, lots of people were coming in. Did you ever sort of think that you might be one of the players, sort it's... of like you, you might just have to have a look around? So this is the first season I was there, isn't it? So yeah. I, I had a year left with Spoke and, you know, it, it wasn't very in-depth, but yeah, he wanted me around. So that was good. Um, and I stayed and he brought, you know, he brought in Kevin Gray, he brought in Tommy Cowens, who I knew from Huddersfield. So, you know, it was guys that I knew, I knew, I knew how they played and know what they were all about. And they were right for dressing room and got Lumi in there, you know, it, just went from stroke to strength. Yeah, Lumi, what a character. <laughs> mm, no. Now, uh, obviously, in that campaign, you guys managed to win promotion uh, once again for you via the playoffs. This time, mm -hmm. uh, there was a playoff semi final at Brunton Park, and you scored the opening goal. Now, mate, I have never seen you run that fast ever to get on the end of that cross. I've watched that goal back plenty of times what was going through your mind how did you just push yourself to go to that next level in that moment to get on the end of that cross you know god the the bigger again this might sound a bit cheesy but the bigger the bigger the game i always wanted to make some kind of impact i wanted didn't want to lose it first and foremost and i just remember thinking right i'm going to get a goal today i'm going to try and get a goal today so i think brendan went down the right a couple of times and I'd not got in the box. I thought, I'm going to get in the box. By hook or by crook, I'm going to start getting in the box. And I, okay, I made the run, but I never thought Brennan put it on the end of my foot. You know, I thought, <laughs> where's this going to go? Yeah. And it was just right in my stride. Oh, no, okay. It was beautifully it in, but, yeah. timed. It was yeah. beautifully timed, mate. I was there and it was a great moment. And then obviously Danny Livesey with his moment yeah. later on in the game. And Carlisle pushed forward towards the conference playoff final where we played Stevenage. Now, mate, mm. on the team coach going into the Britannia Stadium, obviously being most of you guys players that had been playing league football for most of your careers, was there that yep. bit of extra spice in the air that like we need to bounce straight back in because if we're not, I don't want to, I'm going to be looking for a move back into the league because it, it is, it's a big change, isn't it? In, in, in yeah. money and stature, it is a big change. Yeah, I think the way it, it had gone, we were all thinking that we need to win this because if we didn't, it wasn't a case of um, we'll look elsewhere. It'll be a case of off your trot because we can't keep you. You know, we need to start cutting this cloth accordingly because, you know, they kept a lot of us from when we got relegated. So, you know, the wage bill, we were still full time, you know, all the rest of it for that level of football, you know, they weren't going to do that again. Um, so I think this was, you know, it we didn't get promoted, you know, it was all of us probably saying, I'll see you later, or, you know, taking magic, a massive pay cut. So, you know, we had to get it done. It wasn't, and I don't remember, I can't even remember the game, it was that bad. I can remember when Lummi kicked it out, it was a free kick at the end of the game and he just kicked out a play because the game was that bad, it was just a case of getting the win. And we did, so yeah, I'll take it. Uh, it's a dramatic game of football and obviously there was very few moments of quality in the game. It was a proper conference mm -hmm final yeah. and uh, yeah you know you guys got the win and, and and I mean thank you very much for those memories that's all I can really say about that and um, we're back in the English Football League bounced straight back in you would have been offered a new contract at that time yeah. uh, to stay with the club or was, was it just a trigger clause or was it a new contract no, no, how was no, the no, negotiations um, there with Simo well there was loads of us then so we, we just when I spoke to him we had a chat and it was I think I got it was another two years um, that I signed for. Um, and I was happy to do so because I really enjoyed my time. We were on the up. Um, this is the time that Fred was in charge. You know, Fred Story was the chairman. We were on the up. So, yeah. And I was getting to the end anyway, so I wasn't going to go anywhere else, let's be honest. 
Um, but yeah, they were they were good times. Well, I mean, I don't want to push too far into your time at Carlisle United. We'll go a little bit further into this campaign, though. And obviously, mm. this campaign was a hell of a campaign. It wasn't just uh, the fact that the team got themselves into the, uh, the the promotion race from the very early goings. It was also the fact that there was lots of uh, cup action for the Cumbrian fans mm. to enjoy over that time. <laughs> period as well um i mean for you personally at the start of that season with the team are you just thinking let's just stay up or are you actually having a look around and seeing the signings that are coming in going off this sort of momentum that you had in the conference and thinking you know what we can do this actually we we, we might be able to sort of touch playoffs at least or you know i don't there weren't really any expectations we were you know we were happy to be in league me personally, I remember how it went the season before we went down. So to be back, it's like, okay, we're back. Let's take it one step at a time. But again, quietly to myself, I think around that time, there's not a load of teams, but a couple of teams that had back-to-back promotions. And you know, I looked at them and said, well, you never know. But it was only a throw. It was never, I never went into the season going, right, here we go, back-to-back promotion. It was just, it might do, but I don't, if I'm honest, I don't think I was serious about it. Um, uh, there was there was there was some quality players that were brought in that season, though yeah. some definitely actual season-changing signings, and maybe somebody that snuck under the radar at first was Zigor Arenalde, a bit of a yeah. rarity in yeah. the lower leagues. He had he had a touch of class about him. Did old Ziggy? What was he like in the changing rooms? Did you guys get on well? Yeah, we everybody got on well, but Ziggy was he was just quiet. He, oh. he was quite came in, did, he, did his work, and he do you know like they talk, you know, you hear all the Premiership players talk about. Not, I'm not putting him in the same bracket as Eric Cantona by any means, but he would do extra. You'd see him in the gym stretching after training session. He'd be there for ages. He'd be stretching, doing all this stuff. He'd be like, what are you doing? And then he'd be eating like <laughs> the healthiest salads after games, and we'd be like, what's he eating? <laughs> it's just the things he did. Um, yeah, he was he was very, very professional and good for the side. Hell of a player. Hell of I a mean, player. there was a lot of competition in the side, to be fair, when Simo was in charge. There was good investment coming in from Fred Story. Fred mm. Story is a bit of a local legend around the Carlisle yeah. area. Did you have, do you have much of an experience with old Fred? Did you, did you get to yeah. many conversations with him? Did he show his face around much? Yeah, yeah, I met Fred. Uh, a few times around the club, um, you know, even been out for not so long ago, maybe about before COVID now, but he met us for a quick pint when a few of us met up there um, just before COVID. So, yeah, he's, he was a nice bloke. He was, again, at the time, everything was going swimmingly, wasn't it? So, you know, we were winning, you know, Fred was in charge of the Carlisle club that's winning. Everything was going well. So, yeah, he was good company. He's good to be around. <laughs> now there was a lot of competition up front in that Carlisle United team and maybe somebody that never quite got the credit he deserved during his time at Carlisle United was Glenn Murray obviously he pushed forwards with his career and really hit some dizzying heights but yeah. at the time he was stuck behind strikers like Homer, Hawley, uh, yeah. Craig Farrell um, Michael Bridges as well uh, after, after yeah. another season but no disrespect to those guys, but could you could you see Glenn Murray being able to push on to those heights? Did he have that sort of potential when you saw him, or was he never actually applying himself that much at Carlisle? What was the story there? No, he, he, did I expect him to play in Premiership? I'll say no, but did I expect the fact that he played in Championship and kicked on and scored goals? That didn't surprise me because he could he he had something about him. You could see he could play. But he was just he was just young when he was at Carlisle and Green and when you've got Bridgie, when you've got Homer. I know and you, you say, well, Homer never played at Prem. But the, the, the more experience, the what Simo's looking for at the time. Uh, Glenn, when Glenn did play, he always came in and did well. Um, but I just think sometimes, you, you know, it's just how it goes, isn't it? Sometimes you just don't get that look and it has to happen be somewhere else. Um, but with Glenn, we, he could play. We all knew he could play and he was Decent footballer. So, like I say, the fact that he's actually presenting on BBC now and all that, it, that surprises me. 
Oh, really? The football side of the yeah, the football side of stuff. No, it's Sky actually, isn't it? But no, the football stuff. No, he he could play and he could always score a goal. So no, good on him. And was he not necessarily the wordsmith in the in the changing room? Was he? No, definitely not. Definitely not. I wouldn't have him down as any kind of wordsmith. But the fact I see, you know, <laughs> co-presenting on, on football and Sky Sports and all that now, I'm like, okay, well done. But yeah. you know, you know, because everybody's trying to run it now. Are they all the old footballers? That's, so, but no, everyone gets a everyone gets a go, don't they? Yeah, if you play yeah, the prem, everyone too. seems to be able to get a yeah. go. <laughs> they do the yeah. rounds, don't they? Yeah, everyone get all the opinions in, yeah. get all the accents done. Yeah. Um, but obviously, yeah. at the end of that season with such a fantastic squad that we've just sort of gone through there, Carlisle did go up as champions this time. Um, was this the first time that you, you've won the league in, in, in your career up yeah. until this point? I mean, how was it going into those last couple of games for you personally? How do you remember sort of thinking, I want this title, or were you just yeah. sort of going to be happy with promotion? No. God, I don't want to be greedy. I took promotion, but we were there or thereabouts, and it was just, you know, there were, there were nothing. I think, I can't remember right when, did somebody not drop points or something? And if we won our games, we could win. I can't remember how it went, but we were just grinding out games. We, you know, we, we if I remember rightly, we weren't conceding many, but then Bridgie or Carl would go and get you a goal down the other end and win your game. And yeah. that's what we were doing. We, you know, we had Kev, Tom, Murph at the back, um, Dave or God, or Arnie at the right back, and they were just, just we just defended so well, and then it only took you know Carl or Bridge, like I said, to do something special, and we'd be one 0 up, and we we're like, right, we we'll defend this, and we did that for a long time, and it got us to where it goes. So yeah, we'll take that. I mean, it was it was a tremendous campaign for the Cumbrians. Like I said, at the same time, a great run in the Johnson's Paint Trophy. And uh, I mean, it was a, just a great campaign in general. A great couple of seasons to be a Carlisle fan. There was a lot of interaction with the fans. It felt like that at Carlisle, and that's when I uh, got that fabled photo that I've uh, enticed you into this interview <laughs> with. <laughs> uh, what a that was! Oh, uh, an absolute uh, cork. <laughs> we um, <laughs> no, like I said. Carlisle was a great place to be those years there. When we were doing well, you know, you know, everybody was behind us. Fans, theater, everything was going well. And it was just a good place to be. It really was. Enjoyed yeah. it. Like you say, I forgot, you know, we're talking about us winning the league. I forget about the um, Johnson's Pates panel that we got to, or whatever it was called then. And, you know, you can see the shirts on the wall. I, f- I forget about that. Because, you know... People usually just talk about the league, but yeah, we were. You know, you got your deck chair. Could have been, yeah, we could have been league and cup um, double winners. You know what I mean? And not for somebody called Trundle, was it at Swansea? That's it. Yeah, it Trundle. wasn't to be, but yeah. Hey, man. <laughs> but no, good times, good times. So if you've got to put the uh, the two sort of seasons back to back and pick your sort of like favourite moment, would it be winning the league or winning through the playoffs? Winning's good, but winning the league because I've not done that before. Yeah, that was like, yeah, we're the we we are the best in this league. Yeah, we'll yeah. take that. No playoffs, we're the best. The rest <laughs> of you sort it out. Now I know every time when I've gone up through the playoffs, how the league winners feel. Huh? Seeing them like they're playing now, they're playing in final. We're up already. So yeah, it was like, yeah, we're the champions. We're the best. Thank you very much. Gave you that swagger. I like it, man. I I think uh, we've got plenty of meat on the bone for a part two, mate. And I'd like to do that in the summer, maybe, if you'd like to come back on and speak to me and the listeners and do a part two. Um, I don't want to let you go just yet, though. I've got a couple of just sort of quick fire questions just before we finish off, just to lead things on a little bit of a lighter note. And the next time around, we're going to give the listeners a chance to come up with the quick fire questions but uh it's been a surprise for them they don't know that you're coming on until uh until yeah. until i reveal you're coming on so uh, that's why these listening to it anyway yeah man i hope so too i really appreciate your time here man i really do um but here's your quick fire questions chris mate um okay. what was your first memory or what is your first memory when somebody says to you carlisle united Oof. The services just before you get there, <laughs> because every time I drove up, the, it, 
yeah, it's like, am I there yet? Oh, the services are here. It's them service. I used to stop there all the time. So the services, firstly, I know you want a football answer. Um, but when they say Carlisle, just just good times, honestly. Just yeah. I appreciate the promotion I've had before. Everyone's been brilliant, but I appreciate this one more because, well, these two more because I was at the end of my career. So I appreciate these two a lot more. When you're young and you do it, you know, I'll do this again. When you're old and you <laughs> don't get a chance, so yeah. No. Um, yeah. During your time in the city, that's when the uh, the town was devastated. The town, that's when the city was devastated by uh, a flood. Uh, did that did that yeah. affect you at all? I was suspended, so I was at home in Huddersfield. Um, and my wife at the time went, "Have you seen the news?" I went what? And it just showed everything flooded and all you know, all the devastation it left behind and the lads' cars in the car park. And selfishly, I was like, well, at least my car wasn't in car park. But yeah, I was at home when it happened. <laughs> That's kind of lucky for you then, man. That's kind of yeah, lucky for yeah. you. Um, but um, where were your usual hangouts during your time in Carlisle? Oh, was my... there like a restaurant that you liked to take away or anything like that? Uh, I can't remember. There's a, there was a restaurant next to the train station that we used to go quite a bit, right a on Mexican. the corner. So, is it a Mexican? It might be a Mexican now, but yeah, right on the corner, just next to the train station. Train station ah. there. There was the hotel, and then there was a a small little restaurant cafe thing in between. I think I know where you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called. It might be the Glass yeah. House. I'm not sure. That was a nice place. I can't remember though. what it's called. Uh, it's been a while, but yeah, I remember there. Um, I won't remember. I won't mention any bars or nightclubs. So believe it or not, <laughs> you were never in a bar <laughs> or a nightclub, Chris. That never, never happened. I, never, never. I didn't even. I drink. never, I never once saw you in a bar or a nightclub. Never once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just um, a little bit away, uh, off topic from Carlisle United. This one. Um, what is mm-hmm. the England C team, and how do you get involved in it? So I think it's like, well, it's the non-league side, but I think it, I'm saying this because I never got picked. Not that I expect <laughs> to get picked, but it'd be nice to get picked. But I think it's a certain age level. But yeah, it's basically the the non-league England side that they picked from. I don't know if they've done it for a while, but yeah, they, yeah, non-league. It's the non-league England side, CT, let's call it. Am I right in thinking that you were part of Carlisle United's last ever Masters League team? Oh, yes, I was involved in that. How was yeah, that experience, that. man? What teams were you playing against in the Masters League? Um, Newcastle, Sunderland. Um, that was really good. It was really was Arca, good. Was Arca at Sunderland? <laughs> uh, no, I did he play? I can't remember. Again, it was ages ago. I played twice um, for Carlisle, man. It was, you know, some of Carlisle mates came over um, and seen some of the old players. So Andy Priest played. Um, Jimmy Glass in Nets. Um, yeah, they were really good. They were really good. Yeah. <laughs> it must have been a great experience, man. I wish it was still yeah. going on. I really do. Um, yeah. the, the last quick fire question, mate, is what we give to, to be fair, all of our ex footballing pros. Um, it's called yeah. The Divider, and uh, you, do, you, you might have to pick between two players, okay? okay? Who did you like playing with more, Chris Lumsden or Adam Murray? <laughs> I love them both but there's more chance of Lummy hearing this than there is Muzza so I've got to say Lummy <laughs> that's a good answer who was your head tennis yeah. partner by the way oh uh, god I can't remember can't even remember no no head probably Kev, Kev Gray it would have been Kev Gray to be fair it would have been Kevin kind of bullied it so yeah but, uh, if I played it would have been Kevin I played with not Tommy anyway <laughs> that's for sure no. Well, mate, uh, we've got nothing left to do apart from ask you the last question. And uh, the final mm-hmm. question is a bit of a cheeky question. Uh, don't be offended by it. Hear me out. OK, here we go. OK, OK. Being an ex-professional footballer means that you were lucky enough to be involved in some of these gaming titles, FIFA and Football Manager. So the question, Christopher Anthony Billy, is oh, have you ever played with yourself? 
I'd be a liar if I said no, uh, just to see if I'm already good. <laughs> just to see if I'm already good. But yeah, I did. And um, is it football manager? I used to buy myself all the time and put myself yeah. on massive wages and never play this end. So I can't say I've not done it because I have. <laughs> I think football managers, most people's go to. You've got to sign yourself for such yeah. and such and yeah. pull yourself up for England. And why not? Just yeah. see how far you can really take yourself. And I feel yeah. like, mate, we've taken this conversation quite far. And that's quite a nice little way to wrap things up uh, for us this evening on the Blue Army podcast. Um, we'll say goodbye to the listeners. But if you don't mind hanging around yeah. for just one more minute so I can ask you for just a quick favour. Yeah. Um, but yeah, mate, right now, all I want to say is thank you. Chris, Billy, for joining me on the Blue Army podcast, mate. It's been an honour. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks for asking me. Thank you. Absolute pleasure. And uh, that's it from us. This has been the Blue Army podcast's Christmas special. Thank you very much for joining us. Don't forget to like, comment and subscribe and all of those social media-y things that we all kind of avoid, but know that it would benefit the people that are asking you to do so this Christmas. Okay, so thank you very much for joining us and goodbye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.